intro song is fucking incredible, Ragnar. <laughs> Please, Monroe. Welcome to yet another episode of Calling Monroe. Uh, I'm joined here in Iceland by my little friend Guillaume. Do you want to say hello to the hello hello to the folks at home? Hello. How are you feeling? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Are you sober? Yes. Nice. That's all we'd like to hear. Uh, something crazy happened today. What happened? Monroe is potentially a doctor. Potentially, yeah, he had his. He was getting his exam results back oh. today. I know maybe he failed and he's not a doctor. Oh. Oh. oh, I think we should call Monroe to find out how he did. Yeah, all right, yes. I'm going to call Monroe. Doctor Muffet in the house. Oh shit! No. <laughs> so did you pass your exams? Yes, I did. Nice. You know I did. Oh yeah. What do they call the uh, the person who finishes last in his class in medical school? A big fat doctor getting a big fat paycheck. Absolutely a big fat fucking doctor. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank Monroe. you very much. Dr. Monroe. Yeah, baby. Our podcast description is officially correct now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> According to you guys, I've been a doctor for the last few weeks. Yeah, exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> The only reason they granted you this is because they already saw that it was official online. Yeah, they thought this podcast would be such a success so far. We just couldn't couldn't make it so that it wasn't the, the description was not true. No, it's because you're you're doing so much publicity work for doctors as a thing. They had to just let you be a doctor. Otherwise it would have mm. just spelled mm-hmm. spelled the downfall of the profession. People yeah. would have lost trust in you like you were the police. Controversial, yes, absolutely controversial. Well, I guess not controversial at the moment. To be fair, I think that's that's the unanimous opinion at the moment. Actually, yeah, fuck the police is the is the number one thing today. (laughs) I mean, I I'm inclined to agree. Uh, I don't know about you guys, uh, but I guess this week we should talk about something tangential to that. We should talk about the concept of right and wrong. Ooh, do you guys want to do that? Let's do Mm -hmm. it. Yes. Because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and uh, sorry, Guillaume, but I've spent like three hours on the phone with Monroe this week. <laughs> uh, and we've been, ch- <laughs> been chatting about this and that. Uh, oh. and we've been chatting a lot about, uh, I don't know, we'd, about right and wrong. I mean, everything, mm. I guess, boils down to right and wrong, but this specifically. Uh, Monroe, you told me a story. I think that kicked it off, right? You told me a story about your friend. Um, yeah, so I'm in a WhatsApp group with some mates, and... On it, there's some controversial jokes that go in there, some jokes that be offensive to people, and there's things like, I don't know, like every time, you know, 9-11 comes up, there's some some of that sort of stuff goes on it. Um, and there's all sorts of stuff that goes on it, as well as just general chit-chat, but there's also offensive humor that goes into it. And basically, one of the guys uh, said that he, given the current climate and everything that's going on, he'd kind of felt that one of the 
things he'd reflected on is he doesn't feel like it was right to laugh at some of the jokes he has laughed at in the past and that he feels that there's something he wants to change in himself. And part of that process was to leave the WhatsApp group. So he made the decision to leave the WhatsApp group. And he wasn't being, he, he was he was being really nice about it and he wasn't, he wasn't being a cunt about it at all and he wasn't telling us that we were bad people or anything. He was being he was being really nice about it and just kind of just trying to live by his principles. But it kind of got the discussion going within the group about offensive humor and is it okay to laugh at certain things? Is it the case that a joke should be okay for everyone or okay for no one? And there was a lot of discussion of that that came up. So what I'm my initial reaction to this is that Regardless of how he was, like how he came across and how he presented himself, he was a representative of the humor police, and I am very much against the humor police. Like he I was don't... policing. No, I think so. I I disagree with you there in that he was policing his own humor, mm. and to be passive in that situation would have not been doing that because if he because he said previously there had been some jokes that had come up that he felt were a bit too far, but he hadn't really said anything. So being passive in that, you're not really sticking by how you feel and and the morals you have. Whereas in this case, he wasn't saying you should change. He was saying this is this is why I, I I like the example I made when we were chatting about this the other day was that it's kind of the same thing as as um like he he was kind of saying you know I'm I want to be vegan but whether you're vegan or not is entirely up to you I'm not going to like force that upon you but that is something that that is a decision I want to make or or with religion you know I like I believe in God but there's I'm not forcing that upon you I think that was very much the approach he was taking he wasn't. He wasn't being the the humor police in the context. But he did. That he, was doing he did it. mention it though. He didn't like. I would have left the group and said nothing, or like muted the chat and said nothing, personally. So leaving the gr- group and doing nothing, just like it's you're, it's it's a bunch of his mates on the group. You can't just leave and say nothing. Yeah, I mean that's true. That's a pickle. But he can mute it and just not. <laughs> I guess take that part. is a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't know. I'm I'm torn about this because like on the one hand, yeah, you're. I think that you are fully within your rights, obviously, to decide what you think is funny and isn't funny and is uh, appropriate and inappropriate, obviously. But I think that you are in no position to say to anyone else uh, what is or isn't appropriate when it comes to humor. And I'm I'm trying to sort of decide what he did precisely, whether he was like saying, yeah, he finally said it and he was nice about it, but like it is still a little bit preachy to be like, Excuse me, guys. I don't think that's funny. Like it's a bit Hermione Granger. <laughs> I think I, I disagree with you, but I also think that's to an extent the less interesting question. Mm. The meaty bit is: is he right or is he wrong? Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> so see what I did episode, there, baby? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the meaty bit is whether he's right or he's wrong, and I'm very uh, accepting of humor in general. So, like, even stuff that I find offensive, I. I think it's fine. But certain things are wrong. Yeah, I mean, There are a few things that are re- that are just wrong in when you're joking. Like what? Like murder. Yeah. No, I've, I've but heard. I would happily joke about killing someone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah but, yeah, but you wouldn't be like, haha, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I get, so you, you can't go up to someone whose dad was killed and be like, 
haha what about your dead dad like as a joke that's yeah, yeah. that's insane yeah, exactly okay yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly i mean yeah I, so that's just wrong but that's not really even humor but if someone laughs and thinks it's really funny yeah he considers it humor it's we yeah we talked about this what there's a slight difference between or there's a difference that has to be recognized in some way between a joke that's uh that's offensive on the one hand uh, which i think we think is fine or i think is fine anyway not everyone has to think it's fine and then there's a joke that is harmful in some capacity yeah i mean it has to be a specific it it has to be respectful still well i disagree with you that it has to be respectful i think i think that the but the butt of a lot of jokes is that it's that it's disrespectful in fact you know you see it can be it can be slightly insulting but it cannot it can be assaulting but it cannot be disrespectful I suppose, yeah, I guess I kind of see what you mean there in that it's more about the intent of the joke. I have to respect you as a person, yeah. but I can insult you. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with you there then. But the the distinction that the I think you were getting at before, Ragnar, is that is between a joke that is purely offensive versus a joke that propagates negative stereotypes. Hmm. I actually have a pretty good example. I was talking about this just earlier today. Uh and i think this is a pretty meaty thing there's a a show called community have you guys seen it yes no <laughs> perfect and so it's about this uh lovable group of misfits that go to community college together and it's like a it's it's a comedy show it's like a sitcom essentially mm-hmm. and the main cast is pretty diverse you'd say and on it there's a character played by Chevy Chase who uh mm-hmm. is this old white guy who is very he's the best character there <laughs> right but he is he's actively very racist and very ignorant about a lot of these sorts of things and racist. my point was that this character on the show is the most anti-racist character on the entire show because he's so racist and it's specifically because his he says things on the show that are actively racist and mm-hmm. no but like there's a way to look at that and the person i was talking to said that you know sometimes she's thought that the jokes that he comes out with are maybe a little bit too much and not sure that you could get away with it these days because it came out like 10 years ago or something but i sort of disagree because i think that the reaction to everything that he's saying on the show is universally negative mm-hmm. and he's painted as a character who is is bad like the things mm-hmm. he says are clearly bad in the context mm-hmm. of what he's saying. So as a character, him being actively racist is actually saying, look at this type of person. This is a bad way to be. Like we can laugh at how absurd this character is because absolutely would we we would never want to be that. Yeah. And you shouldn't either. He's he's still so innocent in that show. Yeah. They make him innocent. Yeah. Like he's just stupid. That's even more powerful, isn't it? Because he's it's not even this like boogeyman hateful racist that you don't yeah. you, you like to think is like the every man's racist out there but it's really the the innocent naive a little bit too stupid to realize what he's doing racist like yeah but he's he's nice yeah he tries to be nice i've had conversations in the past with people who uh who disagree with certain ki- fictional characters existing like like this character or uh i don't even remember there was some movie i went to and i had a, a bit of a a tiff with an ex-girlfriend who was saying that she didn't think that this character was appropriate these days because it was a racist character mm-hmm. and i th- i very actively think that these sorts of characters because you're supposed to be able to look at this 
you know, the thing within the story that it's set in, and you're supposed to be able to see and disagree with this character and see that it's a bad person. And it really is the fact that they're in that thing is meant to promote the other side of the argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's absurd to say that racist characters should not exist. I think the like uh, To Kill a Mockingbird would not have been written on that basis. And no, but there's a lot of people that disagree with that book being being well, read or taught. And idiots, idiots, fools! I tell you, HBO just took uh, Gone with the Wind off their streaming thing because there was a racist character in it. Apparently. I'm going to Google this real quick to make sure I'm not uh, fucking up. Nice. Yeah, I did see something about Gone with the Wind, but I also have never seen Gone with the Wind, so I don't really know the context that the character's sold in. Because I think the the context of the character does make a big difference in that, in my in my infinite wisdom, whilst procrastinating for <laughs> revising my exa- my current exams, mm-hmm. I decided to rewatch the American Pie series, which is a waste of time that I do not recommend anyone goes to. <laughs> um, but one of the scenes in it, the one of the characters, one of the, the one of the guys, he gets a, a convinces a girl to come around to do some homework or something. He then sets up a webcam in his bedroom and then runs round to his mate's house, and they all watch as the girl that he's got to come round uh, to do the homework with gets changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they record her on on the webcam, and they're all looking. And but the way it's sold is. Oh, these charming little boys. Oh, they're being a bit naughty, but oh, boys being boys. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, and mm-hmm. I think I think selling that sort of behaviour in that sort of way would not be made anymore. And I think that's definitely appropriate. Whereas I think you could make that exact same scene again, and it would be totally fine. But you would have to sell the characters as just being dicks and doing something like. In the end of the day, he gets the girl. Which yeah. is just like having treated her in that way is absurd, and mm-hmm. it's it's like the the characters are sold as these realistic young guys who are just oh just goofing around oh, um and they're kind of silly and I think selling so selling it in that way in the context in which the character is displayed matters a lot. But do you think that someone would be justified in banning or removing American Pie from? From viewing, from viewership, from oh, <laughs> <laughs> or do you think that like these sorts of things are important historical relics that show the way things used to be, which is an important aspect of moving forward? Yeah, I don't, I don't know because I think, I think, I mean, I'm generally against censorship and banning people. I, I think it's better that people have access to these materials and they can then decide for themselves how how they interpret it. But um, but still. Are people more different now? Isn't it just people hide it more? I think people are different now because, well, like cultural attitudes change. And I don't know if, mm. if you have a society full of people that are all hell bent on hiding something, it's weird if they're all faking it. Yeah, I, I hope it has changed. I think but... it has. I mean, a lot of, of course, I mean, a lot of things have changed, right? Mm. If you, you go back realistically not far enough and then it was still relatively common for infants to be killed after they were born because they were, you know, unwanted in some capacity. I mean, it's unthinkable now. And the the place of children in society has changed an incredible amount in yeah, you know, yeah. decades or a hundred years or whatever. Like and, a few hundred years, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that that people are faking this. And you, you certainly can't tell me that, like, every single set of parents alive today just 
are just hiding their classical 1800s view of children or 1700s view of no, children. No, 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 no. I, I kind of disagree in that. I feel like people are innately the same as they were yeah, 10, I, 20, 100 years ago, whatever. We, absolutely. We're, we're the same makeup. If I was born in Nazi Germany, I probably would have been a Nazi. If I was born in the American mm-hmm. South as, the, as, a, as a white male that I am, then I probably would have kept slaves yeah even though these are all things that i from my position sitting here i think are despicable and and should never have happened and to say that we're different somehow than than those people it it makes a dangerous mistake and and that almost somehow feels that you can't you can't then fall into those same traps which we definitely could now i 100 percent agree with you i don't think uh, maybe it came out wrong i don't think that humans are any different i think people are just people and they have been and they will continue to be and they are all around the world just people uh, mm-hmm. but i think the context in which they exist changes and a lot of attitudes uh, towards things like this which are culturally defined are different and do change yeah yeah so those things are different but i'm absolutely in no way th- claiming that if you know anyone from nowadays were brought back to those things that they wouldn't just fit right in i think they absolutely would you see it in you know in the different ways that people are are brought up if someone is is brought up in a more multicultural environment they're more likely to have sort of liberal and humanist views on society whereas someone mm. who's been insulated and lives you know in the same small place all the time uh, is less likely to have those sorts of of opinions so i think it's it's obvious that you know the, the person's environment clearly affects their their personality and and some of their you know political stances quite clearly but it doesn't mean that people are any different. These are still, they're still the same people. Which is kind of fucking terrifying. The idea that if I was born somewhere else, I could hate one of my mates just because he's brown or I could yeah. hate my gay mates or anything like that. That's that's kind of a, a, a terrifying, disgusting thought. Absolutely. But, but I, th- I personally think that it's a, a really strong call to you know, make sure that society is what you want it to be. So I personally think that the really important things in society are education and healthcare. And turning into a politician. You're going yeah. to run for no. office now. Yeah, absolutely. No, but <laughs> God damn it. No, it's these things. And then, you know, just a way to get by day to day. Once people have these things, if everyone has access to, to education and to, to good healthcare and doesn't have to you know, struggle for their paycheck, then you see that a lot of these societal ills sort of magically disappear. There's kind of a, 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 a kind of, well, I felt like at the time it was kind of a profound statement that I, I was in China with Mel and uh, we were just in a, in a hostel and I was chatting to a guy who, um, he was a tourist, but he was a domestic tur- tourist. So he was Chinese. Mm-hmm. And I was chatting to him about, um, uh, living in China and what he feels about, uh, you know, the, the the government there and all that sort of stuff and how people react to that sort of um, level of oppression or, or whatever. And his response was that, you know, he said, you know, when people have enough to eat, they're okay with it. When people don't have enough to eat, they get a bit mad about it. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of summarizes what, what you were getting at there as well. Yeah, in a way, but it also, that's also the thing about revolution and things i guess is that if you keep people content enough so that they uh, they have enough to eat and 
really the act of revolting is a dangerous thing for them because you put something on the line, something real on the line where you could lose your job or lose your the food on your table or whatever, your house or some shit like this. Uh, if people, if that becomes a reality, then you're gonna people are gonna be much less likely to actively to revolt. Just like um, give them hamburgers and YouTube. Exactly, <laughs> and then they'll be chill. You want people. You want to provide people with access to to all these things in order to make them be fulfilled and educated and and be able to pursue the things that they want to pursue, but not just to keep them, uh, you know, to keep them down. On the uh, on the hamburgers and, and YouTube front, there I need I might need to Google this to make sure it's true, but there was some <laughs> some think tank that was put together to try and solve the uh, Israeli Palestine conflict. Okay. Um, one of one of the theories they came up with was that they were all aggressive because uh, of a zinc deficiency. So they were just going to hand out free uh, free what's a free marmite to everyone <laughs> and see if that would solve it. <laughs> but I think uh, the other thing I would add is that kind of talking about right and wrong in terms of of people, I feel like judging people as if they're kind of right or wrong or if they're innately good or bad is a bit of a silly starting point in that we're not we're not wired to be good or bad we're wired to be survivors and to look after our and protect our our families the way we're wired mm-hmm. so trying to decide if someone is innately good or innately bad is a bit of uh, an irrelevant question whereas it's more because we have because we have consciousness and because we can contemplate these things we can reflect on how we should act rather than how we want to act and so it's more about that aspects of people that you should think this about. also touches on the uh the article i sent you and you said you were definitely going to read and you didn't read. <laughs> and i definitely did not read in preparation for the podcast yeah and it was uh, i'm not sure i fully agree with everything that was said which is the best kind of article but it was talking about peaceful protests versus riots and uh, how you should be interpreting those things and whether you should be you know giving a verdict and judging things as either good or bad. Uh, and it made me think, because I think about this a lot, how th- things aren't quite that well defined ever, pretty much. Uh, mm. And a bad person can do good things and a good person can do bad things. Uh, and just because you agree with you know, a singular good action from a person doesn't mean that you agree with them as a human or, or that you condone the bad things that they've done. Mm-hmm. And that and that does touch on this uh, this aspect of whether people are innately good or bad. Because, I mean, is that even a a question that deserves to be asked? Whether people are innately good or bad is does that is it a nonsense? I'm actually question? just really confused because I've never I've never considered people bad or good. But okay. every every story we're brought up with it divides people into goodies and baddies. You got the yeah. like yeah, I know, I know. that's right. there's fucking neo and agent smith exactly but that's actually it's been too long since i saw the matrix but there's a little bit of moral ambiguity there isn't there uh i you know what i'd never considered that yeah i mean there is uh, as in if it well yeah what's the moral ambiguity so the moral ambiguity that i guess i'm talking about is to goes along with your alignment. So do you guys know anything about Dungeons & Dragons? Mm-hmm. I played it for some years. But you don't, Monroe, right? No, I don't know anything about Dungeons & Dragons. Okay, so Dungeons & Dragons is like a like a role-playing game, a fantasy sort of thing. But you, the gist of it is that there's a person who's the, the dungeon master who 
sort of knows everything about the world that you guys are in. <clears throat> oh, there's the burp of the podcast. And he decides kind of what happens and he, he, I don't know, he organizes the whole thing. And then you, if you're a player, you pick a character for yourself uh, and it, you know, your character has statistics and, and a history and a race and a class and all these sorts of things. And then the the bulk of the game is that the the dungeon master will be will orally tell you a story and sort of explain to you where you are and what's happening and then you have to make decisions about what you're going to do and you you know roll some dice to uh, to determine the outcomes of certain events and then you, there's combat involved and you you know these sorts of things so it's like a, it's kind of like playing a, a fantasy video game but you're all just sort of sitting around talking to each other it's like a okay it's like interactive storytelling basically yeah but uh, that's all well and good. That's a thing. But there's something that's come out of this, which I've thought about a lot over the years, even well before I you know, started thinking about Dungeons & Dragons as a concept. And it's this concept of alignment. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a way to describe your character's standpoint on certain things. And it's supposed to inform how you make decisions for that character if you're sort of role-playing that character as opposed to yourself. And it... It uh, goes along two axes, basically. Uh, there's the good versus evil axis, and then there's a the law versus chaos axis. So you can think of it as a, a three by three grid. Yeah. So each of the axes has three uh, things on it. So on the good versus evil axis, you can be either be good, neutral, or evil. And on the law versus chaos axis, you can be lawful, neutral, or chaotic. And so these uh, combine together into nine permutations. So there's lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good, lawful neutral, true neutral chaotic neutral lawful evil neutral evil and chaotic evil and i think a lot about this as uh, a way to describe people uh, and sort of where they fall so if you're if you're lawful basically the point is that you uh, you value the rule of law and sort of a code a code of ethics of some kind that's like very clear defined uh, clearly defined whereas if you're chaotic you don't really care much for uh, prescriptivist rules and sort of go more with your your personal freedom and and what you think will accomplish your goals and then there's a good versus evil if you're like chaotic good then really your motivation is to do things that are for the greater good you might just always, not want to follow the yeah chaotic good is the best one and yeah, i always played that one you so you might be wanting to do good you just don't want to necessarily follow prescriptivist rules to do it whereas if you're lawful evil you could be you know, you want to do evil, but you stay within the framework of some code or, or the law or something like that. Mm -hmm. mm. And bringing us all the way back around to the Matrix, if you are a lawful neutral, good and evil isn't so much of a concern for you, but uh, being lawful is, then uh, Agent Smith might be the protagonist in <laughs> the Matrix. That was, that was the biggest full circle. <laughs> Yeah, but I, but I enjoyed it a lot. And it was crazy nerdy, but it's like... <laughs> so what do you think about this? Where do you think you would fall, Monroe, on this uh, alignment grid? I don't know. I, I feel like... You're good, absolutely good, rather than evil. And you're not neutral. Yeah, and I also feel like I... I on a moral basis, I feel like there's really no need to follow laws... Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely not. I don't. I definitely don't feel like laws are are something that are innately should be followed. But then I also think on a societal basis, there's no way to function without laws. So I do think that, like, so, although morally I don't feel like laws are anything that's necessary. I think on a societal basis they're very necessary. Okay. 
So, uh, so I don't know where I come down on the law side of things. You're maybe more more neutral. The description here, for example, says neutral good typically acts altruistically without regard for or against lawful precepts. Uh, a neutral good character has no problems with cooperating with lawful officials, but does not feel beholden to them. I'll take it. You know what? I like You'll it. Take that? I'm probably way, way more of a bitch than that. I've never broken a law in my life except for downloading <laughs> these songs. So what's the difference between chaotic and neutral? Uh, chaotic, it says, disdains bureaucratic organizations that get in the way of social improvement and places a high value on personal freedom, not only for oneself, but for others as well. Yeah, okay. I would say I'd lean somewhere towards chaotic good uh, rather than... I'm absolutely not lawful good. Maybe Legend. somewhere between neutral neutral and chaotic. Uh, the only problem with, with chaotic is that it it feels a little bit to me like too much like uh, laissez-faire free market capitalism, like hardcore libertarianism, which I think is just the worst thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm not fully chaotic in that in that sense. Yeah. Mm. This ties into something else that I sent you guys a video yesterday about. A, it was like a law law professor talking about the police uh-huh. yeah don't ever talk to the popo yeah exactly yeah. so that's a, a really good video don't ever talk to the police even if you're completely innocent and you have nothing to do with what they're talking about <laughs> but my, my sister's a lawyer that was the same advice she gave me she just said anytime you're being interviewed by the police or anytime you're involved in anything just say i'll just wait before i say anything until my lawyer gets there but it was he, he did make some interesting points in that I mean, this was this was an American video, we should say. So yeah, the, yeah of course, the, the laws are that he was talking to about are uh, related to America specifically. But he was saying that there are so many laws, and mm-hmm. so and, and there are, there are obviously those niche laws that are never really used. You know, you, I don't know. There's like you can shoot a, a Englishman with a longbow as long as you do it on the leap year or some like. There's all those like weird things yeah. you hear about on Google. But he was saying there are so many laws out there that are still in use. Mm-hmm. that you just have no idea even exist that yeah. you just won't know if you're breaking a law or not so yeah, ev- even if you're not doing something that you view as bad you may still be breaking a law uh-huh. so then actually speaking to the police in that sense when you don't understand the law and you don't know the law yourself is foolish and the other interesting point he made was about the fact that if some of the other witnesses are mistaken so the example he used was you say you you were I was I was in Aberdeen for the weekend and this crime that I'm being being told I maybe did was in Bristol but they have a, a witness who was mistaken who thought they saw me in Bristol that weekend if I in in the at least in the American version of the law he was saying if the if that was all the evidence they had and I had never spoken to the police so I had not said I was in Aberdeen they just had one person saying they saw me in Bristol that weekend and that was all they had that is not enough to say that I was involved or anything in the crime whereas if I have told them I was in Aberdeen that weekend, which I'm being honest with them, I was, and someone mistakenly said, oh, no, I, I thought I saw him in Bristol that weekend. Those two conflicting stories are enough mm. for the for the police then to then uh, bring you in uh, for more questioning because your story is not adding up. So even mm. though like it was just a mistake and you being honest, there's still elements that come into it that can mean that it's best just to say nothing. Mm-hmm. I remember reading this a long time ago, this thing about... Uh nobody really knowing what's legal and what's illegal uh you know this is obviously because all information on the internet pertains to the u.s so that's all all you ever get (laughs) but they the fact is that they don't really know how many laws they have nobody does not even congress knows how many laws they have there 
Yeah. And he said that somewhere around 10,000 maybe is like an mm. estimate. They don't even know. And in order to practice law and do things that relate to law on that sort of level, you need a degree and you need to be able to, you know, be certified as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, I understand that you can't, it's bad for ignorance of the law to be an appropriate excuse for breaking the law because really you're just opening up a huge can of worms. On the other hand, it's weird that citizens are expected to follow something that realistically they're not expected to know anything about. So I kind of, I see your point, but I also feel like as much as there, I'm sure there will be cases you can bring up where this is relevant and this has happened and mistakes have been made, I, I imagine that, you know, 90, probably more than 90% of, of the work that goes on and the laws that are actually used are probably the same ones that get used day in, day out. And that from a prosecution point of view, this is probably quite a, a niche and small area that this actually is in practical terms relevant to. True, but that doesn't really <laughs> Not particularly reassuring, effect. though. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't have any effect on, on the actual fringe cases, which will be... I don't know. It's it's just food for thought, really, because what what works and what doesn't. And you have the police, for example, who are who should be uh, lawful good. I guess you think about them in children children's books as lawful good, whereas in reality they are they are lawful neutral. They're yeah. there they're there to enforce a certain code. They're not there to make any value judgments on that code. Although they, you know they can use personal discretion, which mm-hmm. can swing either way, good or bad. But also, they're not—they're not required to have the understanding of the law that someone who's working with law is meant to have. But they're also supposed to enforce it. It's—it's it's weird, and it's yeah. hard. It's hard to like. It's hard to devise a system that sort of works perfectly. But it's—it's it's always easier to pick holes in it. But there's clearly some—you know—there's some weird shit going on here. <laughs> some don't smell right. Yeah, because like people are expected to follow this code, and other people are expected to enforce this code, but none of those people are actually expected to know anything about, or like none of them are are have the information you make on this. A code. Very, very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just you're just supposed to you're supposed to follow it without ever being told what it is. And you're, like you piece together over the course of your life the obvious ones. And then the stuff that relates to your everyday life. But like he said this in the video, and this is something that's clearly true. Like people, you ha- you break a law all the time. You just don't know it. And it could be some super obscure law that's never going to be enforced, or it could just be a law that you genuinely know nothing about. And the police yeah. officer who spoke in the video said, if I want to stop you, I'll just tail you in your car for 10, 15 minutes, and you will do something justifiably illegal. And I'll just yeah. pull you over. Like that... <laughs> That's not a. That's not the attitude you want from people. Yeah, that's but, uh, the letter um, of the law without the spirit of the law, isn't it? Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And he was very much that that guy in the video, and I didn't like it at all. And he was like, "I can lie to you. There's nothing that says I can't lie to you during interrogation." And you're like, "Okay, dude, fine, but like, don't be such a smug dick about it. Like, <laughs> like it's not good that you're getting off on technicalities here, Mister Police Officer. Like, you're supposed to be better than this, or I would hope that you're better than this." We're talking about right and wrong. Right and wrong. The article I sent you that you didn't read. Yeah. Talks about uh, Hobbes, who was a, a philosopher. Uh, who oh, I thought about... you were going to say Hobbes as in the fantastic Dwayne Johnson character. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Calvin and Hobbes, and then I was going to tell Hobbes you Hobbes that... and Shaw, baby. 
Oh, are you serious right now? <laughs> We've kept it relatively high brow somehow. And then comes the doctor <laughs> to just bring it back down again. <laughs> uh, Who wants yeah. a prostate massage? Because you got to pay me for it now. I didn't have to pay before. <laughs> uh, he talks about the Leviathan. He talks about the state having a monopoly on violence, essentially, uh, and how that is required for peace okay. and for society to function. So you have... He was, it's pretty authoritarian, if you think about it, and it's kind of simplistic, and I don't really like it, where he thinks that uh, the social contract is essentially there's a ruling power, which is the government, who can do what they must in order to uh, keep the peace. And if you, if you question their authority, then you have already essentially broken the social contract because you are like just questioning... The, the authority means that you don't respect the authority enough. This sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> it sounds like an absolutely <laughs> dreadful idea. <laughs> Who is this Muppet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a renowned philosopher. Uh, but the question is, the use of force against your own people, is it ever justified? It, it just, I mean, in practical terms, it just has to be. If I'm, If someone is trying to break into my house to harm me, I need to be able to call someone like the police to come and physically restrain that person and you, I want to look and, up or kill that person if necessary. I want to look this up actually. Uh, <laughs> do you think the police ever stop crime? When I say ever, I mean, you know, greater than 1% of the time. I, I have no idea. I have Is no that, idea. I don't know. And I want to look this up, but it's, it's hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it It feels, at least to me, instinctively and intuitively or whatever, and from how I've dealt with the police in my time and from what I've heard about people dealing with the police, I can't think of an episode in my life or anything that someone's told me about where the police have stopped a crime in action. It's, yeah. always, it's always after the fact, at which point mm. you think to yourself, what is the point of these like kitted out dudes when really it's you're just filing paperwork with some some office worker at the end of the day like when i was assaulted in aberdeen i called the police immediately and i met a police officer two weeks later yeah for the vast majority of crimes like this they're not going to be in a position to do anything they're not like yeah i think they're not in a position and also they just like it's also uh, why are the, the times i've called the police I, uh, there's, there's actually a funny time when I called the police. So I was sitting upstairs in my bedroom and <laughs> I heard my parents' car start to leave the driveway. And I was like, you know what? That's funny. My, my parents didn't mention that they'd come home. They didn't come home and say hi or anything. They just, they just came in and took the car. That's odd. I'll go down and I'll say hello to them. So I, I walked downstairs and walked outside and looked at the car and was like, wait a minute, that's not my parents driving my car. <laughs> and then in a dad, and, and I have no idea what I would have done if I'd caught up with the car, but in this mad hope, in this mad dash, I started to run at the car and then, this guy, and then the car screeched off, which I'm on reflection very happy at because if I caught up with him, I'd probably just be like, could I, could I please have my car back? <laughs> and then it was a happy ending though. The, all that happened was we got an anonymous tip with the car being found and it was in working condition, lovely condition, but they had opened up a jar of coffee beans and poured it over the seats. That's not even that bad. It's really not that bad, yeah. If anything, it's good. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're just getting rid of their aroma. They've been a bit sweaty that day, hard work, kind of robbing some people, and then thought, yeah, we'll just make the smell nice. What the fuck? I feel like they must have been trying to get rid of some specific smell. I feel like night, like reasonably kind thieves, is kind of a a, a theme of the robberies that I've been. Like my my family home was broken into once before, or a separate time to this. Um, and when we came home, they had taken like the pan and brush, and they had mopped up the wood chippings from where they had broken down the back door to get in. What? Which is just <laughs> quite considerate of them, really. What the fuck? <laughs> That's weird, but I, my point of view on crime is that people generally don't commit crime for the fuck of it. Generally, there's all there's always going to be you know the odd individual who, you know, commits a crime for some random reason. Uh, a lot of the time, it'll just be like young stupid dudes or something. Oh, yeah, but, I think I think if you yeah if you take young stupid dudes out of it, then I think I I, I agree with you. Yeah, so it makes sense that they would have mopped up those things or swept them up or whatever because you can't imagine a person who's breaking in out of pure necessity and like they don't want to be doing this but they are and like why do they also have to leave a mess (laughs) like like, there's a little bit of that goodness in them which goes ah come on man you can't can't they've probably been at work all day we we're working right now we know how hard it is let's just Mm -hmm. mop it up for them a bit yeah exactly (laughs) i think you could be on to something there Right and wrong. I mean, we've been talking for almost... Wait, I want to get on to the important issue of the day, which is, well, can you shit when your girlfriend's in the bathroom? <laughs> you, want to, <laughs> you want to talk about that now? Yes. I guess it falls... Do we have time? It falls squarely under the topic of right and wrong. It does, because is it right or wrong to take a shit when your girlfriend's in the bathroom with you? Uh, I, I'm not going to... Uh, put a morality judgment on it. I don't think it's right or wrong, but I personally won't be partaking. Really? Unless it's necessary, mm. like an emergency. If I'm hurting and I gotta go and she's in there showering or something and she's not about to leave, then mm. then yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do it. But if I can avoid it, it's not happening. Yeah, I think I... So Mel is chill about it. Mel, Mel doesn't bother Mel at all. I, however, think I, I like the toilet because it's just it's just a little me time, isn't it? You know, you just sit in there, yeah. lock the door, and it's just, you know, it's just you and your own little world for a bit. You know, oh. you get a magazine, a book or whatever. And so I think I, that's most of the reason why I, I, I don't I have no objection to pooping in front of Mel. Although I feel like wiping kind of takes <laughs> some of the magic away from the relationship. <laughs> But I think it's more down to the personal space thing. Just, just not, just you know, just having a bit of me time. I agree with you there. I think that that the privacy of the bathroom is a, a holy thing. I hadn't really considered it in this in this context. Uh, I guess because I don't like. I'm thinking of it as a one off. Like I would absolutely never sign up to an like a situation where she's in there all the time. Like every time I go, <laughs> I I might rather die. Guzion? Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? Are you fucking serious? Well, just like your views on on pooping if your your girlfriend is around. Yeah, it's fine. Nice, chill, easy, easy. Yeah, no problem. One of my pet peeves is if someone is uh, if someone tries to talk to me while I'm in the bathroom for any reason. Like if I'm in there 
to shower or if I'm in there to pee or to poo mm-hmm. or to whatever the fuck. If someone talks to me through the door, I fucking mm. hate it. You Why th- though? You you you, fo- you literally fool me when you're on the toilet. Yeah, but that's that that's a choice. That's a choice that I made. But I mean, your your door to your bathroom is like really thin. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I hate it. I really hate it because I go in there, and I want to just I want the piece that you're talking about. You mm. have talked to me through the door. Yeah, I have, but it's I feel like I don't know. You started the conversation. Okay, I think that's you're being different. called yeah. out here, Ragnar. Yeah, no, that's no. What you're saying is that's you, me talking to you. No, that's me. Are you to, are you a hypocrite? Of course, but that's this is me talking out of the toilet. That's fine. If I choose to speak while I'm in the sure. toilet to someone outside, that's okay. But I like if someone if you need to speak to someone and they're in the toilet or in the bathroom, then just mm-hmm. leave them be until they decide to come out or speak to you. Like you don't need them that badly. I think it's rude. I think it's bad, and I dislike it. <laughs> Uh, should we move on to the skill of the week? Oh, yeah, the skill of the week. Yeah, skill of the week. Uh, is it the math skill? I think we should do the math skill. We can we can tease them with the the pseudo skill of spaghetti for next week. But oh. It's the math skill this week. Yeah, keep spaghetti in mind, but let's not tell them what we're talking about. So the math skill is uh, we're really going to be stretching the, the definition of skill over the course of this podcast. Uh, but... So what I what kind of <laughs> blew my mind when I learned it when it I feel like it shouldn't have but it did and I I still kind of you know respect the fact that it did uh, if you have two numbers x and y then x percent of y is the same as y percent of x mm-hmm. so like fifty percent of yeah fifty percent of four is the same as four percent of fifty mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's dope, and I've used this in real life at some point where it was something where I had to find out, you know, four percent of fifty, and that sounds like a bit of a ball like to calculate. But fifty percent of four, I already know that answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> yeah. So that that is a that is a useful skill for you folks. X percent of Y is equal to Y percent of X. Uh, on that note. Monroe, do you are you any closer to knowing what's right and what's wrong? You know what? It's it's a constant growth, isn't it? No, oh, I don't. very <laughs> I don't good. Guillaume, do you know anything about right and wrong? Uh, yeah, it's all clear for me. Oh, perfect. Uh, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Guillaume's everything's always so simple for Guillaume. It's just like, yeah, I know, man. I know. I know. God damn it! If only we could be that way. Uh, let us know. What you think? We actually we got a lot of feedback that we haven't mentioned. Dave Randall, I need to shout him out because he he listens to our podcast and he's he's given me feedback a couple times now. Uh, he agrees with you, Monroe, on the fear peas, but he also heats up pizza, so we don't listen to whatever the fuck he has to say. Yeah, nice that uh, I'm not the only one with the fear pea. Yeah, we had uh, my brother actually said a lot of stuff, uh, and I hope we we made him happy this time because we spoke at length about the same topic. Lasse, my friend's brother who is also my friend, but for some reason I frame him in the way that I met him. Uh, what speech is this? What speech is this? It's like a... It's a crappy pun joke. Is this like an Oscar thank you speech? <laughs> this is the world's worst Oscar thing. I'm shouting, I'm shouting out our listeners so that they don't feel like we don't respect them. Uh, but Lasse actually said that there's a... If you want to be extra weird, you can count to, with your whole body to 27. Which seems Ooh, nice. significantly worse than counting to a hundred on just your hands. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess if you're, uh, I don't know, counting units of twenty-seven and you have a lot of people around, it could help. Ragnar, if I say something, can you edit it in 
from what I previously said because I've got a better thing to say now. Okay, do it. So you know, ask me if I'm any closer to what's right or wrong. Are you any closer to what's right or wrong? Uh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, God. What was I going to say? How was I going to phrase it? Oh, I know. Rating us on iTunes, that's right. And not rating us on iTunes, that's wrong. Oh shit. I'm, yeah, I'm in full agreement with you there. Uh, hit us up on Instagram, Calling Monroe. Uh, please rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts uh, because that's dope. Uh, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your friends. Uh, yeah, Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. Yeah, Thanks. Apple Podcasts. Uh, Monroe, do you want to say goodbye to the people? Goodbye, folks. Uh, good. I want to say goodbye to the folks at home. Goodbye, friends. And goodbye, friends. Why did you say nothing? I don't know. I wasn't interested. <laughs> oh my god! Please tell me you're still recording, Gudjon. I'm still recording. Yes. <laughs> Edit that in. Yeah. After you say goodbye, have that bit in there, Ragnar. Yeah, I will. Holy shit! You're feeling low. Need of a bro. There's one thing. Your heart start to glow Calling Monroe Calling Monroe Calling Monroe Calling Monroe, I'm from